You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, Resents. I, I can't even hear you. Hi, this is Tony Wazell. Uh, proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Spigatman Show. To all you Proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember, you can't piss on hospitality. How do I it? Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm in my sick bed. How are you? What's wrong? I've hurt my leg, so I'm in bed. You're <laughs> sick a big bed. swollen leg. How many beds do you have? How do you three. look? Three beds. <laughs> what are they for? <laughs> what are my beds for? One's for me. Sure. And the other two are for guests. Or for me, if I don't want to sleep in this bed anymore. Right. Or if you hurt yourself, you got your own bed. I've always got my own bed. <laughs> Why would oh, I sleep in someone else's bed? Oh, wait, I've got this all wrong. <laughs> my apartment is completely... Jose, out of the bed. <laughs> Rapido. <laughs> oh, you were just sleeping with random men again. He said yeah. it was, he comes to the door, my bed. Uh, right. Yeah, sure, sure, of course. And you welcomed him with open arms. Well, I was already in bed. Why not open my arms? Yeah. Because you're charitable. I am. <laughs> <laughs> lazy, is, lazy man. This is Proudly Resents. This is the uh, very unlazy, very happy Adam Spiegelman talking to the very lazy, broke leg, broke motherfucker, Nico, <laughs> in uh, England. Oh, I'm in, in Wales, Wales. You douchebag. How many times? I don't know where you live. Correct. What do I got? What I got? Like, GPS? What am I? I Google told, Maps? I told you like yesterday where I live. What's the matter <laughs> with you? Can you uh, remember nothing? It's not LA. It's not New York. I don't remember. Why <laughs> <laughs> would I know? Today we're going to talk about a movie that Nico recommended, and again, a classic. It's called Hiding Out, but to anybody in the world who remembers this movie, it's you think it's called John Cryer is Hiding Out. Because that was the poster, right? Yeah. So With you, this, by a brick wall, as I recall. Yeah, it was a brick wall, and it was two photographs. One of John Cryer looking like a hip teenager. just came out in the 80s right after he played Ducky. <laughs> you know, John Cryer was very famous at that time for parts like Ducky. <laughs> so there was two photographs. One of him looking kind of Ducky-ish, right, coincidentally. And then the other one is him with a fake beard. And tell us about it's the not, It's not just any fake beard. It is the... <laughs> fakest of all fake beards because obviously they've gone oh shit we need to make John Cryer look 30 and yeah. he does and he still looks about 12 so they thought oh well we put a beard on him <laughs> it's just it's bits hanging off it and it's really loose and he can't act in it his mouth's got weird and he has a talk like this he doesn't move his mouth so much it's amazing it's the best fake beard ever yeah, yeah, his mouth can't move. He can't talk. He's a stockbroker who, for some reason, is going to uh, rat on the mob. And so he's got to eventually go in hiding in a high school, which seems like a great idea when you're looking for roles for Ducky. Because he's like, you know, I want to play an adult. How about this? You play an about- adult <laughs> dressed <laughs> like a teenager. Then goes to be a teenager. But uh, only if you have a mullet hairdo and yeah. a fake beard. The beard, like he can't move his mouth. It's like a no, he can't. It's like it's like trying to hold up a Halloween mask, like after the strap in the back broke. 
And you're just trying to move your nose and your mouth just so it doesn't slide down. Uh, you know those beards you get with the two hooks that you put over your ears? Yeah. Those are more convincing beards than this <laughs> supposedly made by Hollywood fake beard. In, in Hollywood fake beard and, and, and glasses. You know that company? It was... With the fake nose and the mustache. <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood beard and glasses, honk honk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they do great work. They do really good work. He does look... <laughs> Yeah, they do great work. No, no, but, sure, sure. sure. You, do you think like after a take, they could just whip off his beard and mustache in two seconds? They just obviously yeah. there was no, there was no hours in makeup for that beard. <laughs> I think it was his own fake beard that he just brought with him, and they didn't have the heart to say he couldn't use it. Well, he uses it when he goes to the supermarket and stuff to try to to hide from other yeah. people. And people go, "What the fuck is John crying with that stupid beard for?" <laughs> <laughs> Who's that He's guy? He's Doesn't do well. That the movie it? must have been kicking. It was uh, Dino De Laurentiis produced it, and uh, you know he did a lot of great movies. Um, he said sarcastically, uh, "Jaws, uh, Jaws, King Kong lives." Famously, in classic. classic, classic, and the thing from the hip with Judd Nelson. What do you know that John Cryer was like the eighth choice for this? You know, like, they wrote the movie and they're like, "Well, is Rob Lowe, Patrick Swayze, no, <laughs> Tom Cruise." No. John Cusack. No. Either one of the Corys? No. And <laughs> you don't want him. It's a very important film for me because this was one of my favorite films when I was at university. Me and my flatmate, Lindsay, who had got kicked out of our um, halls of residence at university very early on, found a, a flat above a shop. And this was in the um, the bargain bin, kind of 50 pence for a VHS copy. So we bought that as soon as we moved into our flat and watched it religiously. Why did, all right, a lot of questions. Why okay. did you get thrown out of the, the Hall of Residency? The Hall now, of Residence? Hall of Residence, like, um, you know, where you live. Why? What where happened? You, university. Uh, what if I say that's going gonna, it's gonna to throw up a lot more questions than it answers? We were evicted like of suspicion of <laughs> witchcraft and signal worship. I don't know why that would ask for more, beg for more questions. Oh, we could leave it there. I'm <laughs> a terrible interviewer. <laughs> Sounds great. Anyway, what do you think of me? Um, We've been living yeah. there for two months, and then they kicked us out. They gave us 24 hours to get out. What were you, What did you do that get kicked out? Nothing. What What do you mean nothing? <laughs> well, there was a, used the to be a, a, <laughs> it used to be a group of comedians called the Doug Anthony All Stars, right. and I used to do some work for them. So um, we were big fans. So we had their stuff and we made these collages and my collage was a was a baby, was a doll's head with 666 on it and that was a team defensive and then, then all these stories kept going on about us that we'd that we'd put pentangles of salt in the kitchen <laughs> we were burying animals in the garden wow and they just believed them and then they said right you need to get out which of the stories <laughs> were true none of them were true come on none of them were true the thing is, we had to move back to Wales and then find somewhere new to live. We yeah. found the shared house. And we went to the shared house. We were there a week. A week we were there. Day three, they went, oh, did you hear about those girls that got chucked out for being witchcraft people? <laughs> and uh, Lindsay went, oh, that was us. And I just went, no. And I looked around. Everyone was wearing, like, crucifixes and stuff. We were in a Christian house. And then we got a victim. 
from there. We had a week to get out of there as well. From two places? At least they gave you a week. That's mighty Christian of them. Yeah. That was Merry Christian of them. Yeah. We ended up we ended up living eight miles away from the university. It was the only place that we could get somewhere to live. Yeah, you shut your trap. <laughs> oh, hilarity of being an 18-year-old being evicted by their university. No, have you done witchcraft since? I've <laughs> never done witchcraft. What? Never. <laughs> that was the annoying thing. Wish I had. I'd have hexed that university. It was shit. You've seen it crumble to the ground like in Carrie. I'm glad you didn't fall for that. Let's see if you float shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Terrible idea. So you are. Right, so you're in. So is this part of a spell? Getting this VHS tape. We need an I am new and a crappy dealer with this film. Must have been a calling. Then <laughs> I am obsessed with eighties uh, high school movie films. In oh. this, this is a particularly good one. Yeah, digress for one second. What? What's See? another great one? Um, I think. Well, you've got your classics. How about um? Albert Brooks. Just one of the girls. No, just one of the guys. No, just one of the guys. Everyone loves that because she shows her tits at the end. Yes. But just one of the girls has got Corey Haim in it, being a cheerleader. Wait, you like that better than just one of the guys? Yeah, because I'm not a guy. And then the guy, <laughs> guys watch that because she flashes her tits at the end. Yeah, she does. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, ah, <laughs> uh, that film's a life changer. So just one of the girls. It was on here at HBO like 3 in the morning. His name's Chris. So they don't know if it's a Chris man or so very clever to have an interchangeable name like that. Yeah, but which is more, less convincing? Him, uh, Corey, uh, Corey Haim as a woman or John Cryer with that ridiculous beard? I'd call bullshit on both. <laughs> I'd fall that for That beard is amazing. And then when he dyes his hair, he dyes his hair to be, a, this is going back to hiding out. Yeah. So he shaves his beard off. Well, well. he goes to a shop, picks up a razor blade and some shaving foam, but we know he's just, you know, peeling the beard off in the bathroom. Uh, and then buys some peroxide, but only dyes the side of his hair. That's a duck So he's got two blonde streaks. No, it's like, blonde, it's like he's like a reverse skunk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it looks terrible. And then he swaps his coat with a homeless man. Yeah, he's wearing a long coat that makes him look like a teen. It makes him look like, yeah, one of those dangerous teenagers is going to fucking shoot up the school. The Heather's Christian Slater look. Yeah, yeah. The Heather's look. Exactly, yeah. He looks, yeah. He, I'm going to look like a teenager, but the, the one that always gets beat up on, <laughs> that's the one I'm going to look for. <laughs> it's a brilliant. I mean, and it, it, I'm sure people want to watch this film, and we've only really talked about his beard and hair so far, and the fact that he's got a coat. I mean, that's not even touching on the skating montage that's in the middle of it. Wait, on the box it says, he has a coat, big letters, exclamation point. <laughs> John Long- Meyer has a coat. Hey, what's going on out there? <laughs> My ride's here, I gotta go. I see, okay. <laughs> I've got, uh, Raul, I'm, he's out of the bed. Raul, yeah. I'm on the phone. <laughs> I'll be down in a minute. Raul, <laughs> how very exotic. Raul. If, you, if you're going to pick uh, a, a a gay friend to play with, 
Raul is probably a very nice name, very exotic. Raul's not gay. We're just going to go work out. <laughs> play volleyball. Play volleyball. Shirtless. Yeah. In the sun. Exactly, obviously. How else would you play volleyball? Oh, I need a second. In the, in the bath? <laughs> what, you don't play in the bath? <laughs> Raul, you son of a bitch, you lying Zaka. <laughs> I bet you have created your own gay relationship. Well done, you. <laughs> well done, you're you and Raoul. What am I we jealous have, of? What we have. I know what, I'm coming. <laughs> you don't understand. I don't. Tell me about it. Uh, Tell me about your love for Raoul. Raoul. <laughs> what does Raoul do to you that makes you feel alive? I'll show you on this doll. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird that I have a That's Raul doll. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. Why have you got a doll of Raul? <laughs> for when he's not there? Exactly. You make me sick. He's right outside. Yeah, maybe call Michelle Bachman's husband. Hey, uh, speaking of segues. Hey, yeah? <laughs> it's a good time to talk about. Uh-huh. Right. What? We have a, uh, not a sponsor, but I found a website to, to do a deal with. Because I was buying T-shirts there anyway, and they sell T-shirts or movies, Kiss T-shirts, uh, music, all everything you want. You put in the search bar, and also posters. I don't and care if you buy it there. We get a little kickback. Nigga, now you care? No. A little taste, a little something. <laughs> a little something, something. A little something, something. All right. <laughs> so you're gonna do a? Why don't you shop at Dave's House of T-shirts? Sort of. Well, go to our website, uh, prowlerresents.com or prowlerresents.com slash buy and click on to the ad there and you'll go right to the website and you can buy a t-shirt. You probably only own one or two t-shirts. I'm not talking to you, Nico. But um, I why not get a third one? How many do you have? <laughs> Great sales pitch. Well, you know, you probably own t-shirts, but uh, you could probably have another one, right? So why do you buy a t-shirt from Dave's House of T-Shirts? First of all, but most people, like, most guys have, like, the same shirt they wear over and over again, and that's just because they haven't gone around to buying another they're shirt. And they're dirty, they're so filthy, now you don't have to go shopping. You just click in the size and hope you really am that size. You really are that size. And, you uh, really am that size. Thank you. There's nothing that women love more yeah. than men wearing joke or uh, film-based T-shirts. They love it, right? They go. Are you they being, love it. Raoul oh, wearing a very nice Sherman, t-shirt. He's got a Sherman High t-shirt on. He must be super cool. <laughs> See that? Show ladies what you know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So if you like a lady who, who may or may not wake up with French toast on her face. Depends when I fell asleep. That is true. That is <laughs> a whole host of things on my face. I'll leave that to you to dig yourself out of. But while Nick goes digging yourself out of that one and trying to get her mother away from the iPad. <laughs> Go check out the t-shirts anyway. Why not? Posters, a lot of cool posters. Go to our website and uh, you do buy something, we get a little taste. Do you want to talk about his love interest or the blatant racism in this film? Let's start. Let's start with the fact. Okay, okay, okay. He's in hiding. The FBI is hiding him in a, in a little room, and he's, he's supposed like, to be thirty, right? Even though, yeah, <laughs> even though he's twelve with a fake beard on, yeah. they should ask his ID. 
And he um, he says, oh, I got to mail this card to my grandmother because it's her birthday. No one thinks this is a bad idea. Yeah, that's fine. No one thinks that they can see what the date, you know, where it was mailed from if they're going to go visit his grandmother, his only living uh, parent. So You don't care about him. No. That's why they care. took you for pancakes and got him shot. Yeah, then they're like, nah, no letter, but we're going to take you for pancakes. And, and then shocked that um, they, they got shot. Then they got caught. They were obviously, people are looking for him, and he took him out in the middle of fucking public. I like the chase scene that happens after the shootout, and he's running for the train, and he just gets on the train and then flips him off. Yeah. These guys are shooting at him, and they supposed to, like, hit him, like, there'd be good shots, but they keep missing yeah. him, and then he, because he's moving so much, now he's in a train going straight backwards, and he leans out and gives him the finger. I was waiting for him to shoot his finger off. And they never did. No, they're like, ah, fuck it. Ah, oh, he's just moving too slowly in one direction. We'll never catch him. <laughs> he got us. Oh. No, nobody find out where that train stops. Uh, listen, boss, I guess you're going to jail. We couldn't catch him. He's going to testify against you. That's what it's like working in L.A., by the way. It's like, whatever you do, catch this guy. Hey, we tried. Uh, you're going to jail. I'm sorry. We, we tried. We That's good enough, right? We did uh, our best. We did our best. But he was traveling in a straight line on a thing that stops at uh, predetermined stations. <laughs> there was no way we could have known where he was going. Why would we have been over how to catch up with him. Why don't you get a train schedule? Oh, really? You didn't oh, tell me to get a train schedule. You just told me to get him. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, maybe you should do it next time. <laughs> uh, welcome to Hollywood. So he goes <laughs> on and he uh, quote unquote shaves off his beard. Yes. It's one of those then, things, terrible beard, where they're like, no one will notice. Exactly. Yeah. Well, his his um his aunt doesn't notice. He's and you should also mention his really annoying cousin, really who throughout the entire film is just super annoying and all he talks about is getting his driver's license and himself and yeah and kissing and kissing girls his uncle or his cousin rather john cryer is saying i mean chased by the mob and possibly killed and he's like yeah yeah but i might get my driver's license i drive your car when you you know after you're dead can i drive the hearse he fails his driver's test by plowing into a bus full of nuns that's yeah. how he fails it. And then John Cryer starts laughing, and you're like, no, not funny. Yeah, it could be worse. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this movie could be worse, but... Hey. What? So he dyes his hair, and he's got this weird um, Ducky haircut. Of course, he's, you know, he manages to look exactly like Ducky without the hat. Well, to be fair, he's the same face. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot he can do about that. Maybe that's why he put the beard on. Put out, it was the 80s. You could have had an OP shirt on, you know, a little blue OP shorts, you know, a little rugby shirt. It'd be funny if he looked exactly the same with the beard, but he just put on what we call a yarmulke. He just put on a yarmulke or a jubini, and never, no one recognized him. Like Superman. <laughs> they just couldn't recognize him with the yarmulke. <laughs> Wait, you look very familiar. Hey, not me. Enough of it. <laughs> Is it cold in here? <laughs> no, oh, it's too hot. A, oh, that's not our guy. <laughs> I'm very excited for that. Um, John Cryer is hiding out. That's the uh, Jewish one. So I see. I understand. Yeah, you got it. I, I, I speak. Know. I speak your language. <laughs> you wish. 
got to raise Daddy. the language. Hey. What? Daddy. So he goes to hide out with his cousin and doesn't want to let his his the cousin's mom, his aunt, know that he's hiding out. So he shaves his beard. Of course, she knows him his whole life, yet she doesn't recognize him as he portrays himself as a teenager. The the best scene for me is when there's so many good scenes. But when he's being uh, enrolled in the school, they ask him what his name is. He looks over and sees a can of Maxwell House coffee and says, "Oh, my name is Maxwell Hauser. Maxwell Hauser." And they're like, "Oh, okay." Nobody goes, "What the fuck are you talking about? What's your real name?" Folgers Crystals. Crystal Folgers. That's uh, my name, Earl Grey. Exactly. Nobody's gone. Don't piss about, mate. Just what's your name? <laughs> oh, just what's your name? And he says, Andrew, which is his real name. <coughs> I mean. <laughs> That's how he does. He goes, it's Andrew. <laughs> oh, my name. My name is Maxwell. How is All right. Do you think what? Oh, you mean my name? No, not your name. And then <laughs> the other. So it's your name, Andrew. <clears throat> <laughs> is that with two K's or C-H? What is it's that? a Jewish name. Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Movie's fantastic. You haven't yet to talk about the <laughs> staunchly right-wing history teacher. That was weird. You <laughs> get into an argument about Nixon. And only he knows that she's completely wrong about Nixon, which she is. Because he's 27. But the other kids who don't know that what she's saying makes no sense whatsoever. Exactly. And she's a very pinch-faced woman. And she says that he was he was, he was um, sold out by, by his party and that he was a great guy. And that she will decide in her classroom what the facts are. <laughs> even though the history is, and even him admitting that uh, he did it. But no. <laughs> no. Not in her classroom. No. She's going she's gonna to show you. Yeah, and, and then, then she fixes the ballot. Oh yeah, later. But he he uh, he te- he tells her off. Yes. And everyone thinks he's cool because he tells the teacher off. By the yes. way, way to say incognito by telling <laughs> off the teacher and by actually <laughs> yeah. going to school. And <laughs> and you know, like the writers were like, "All right, we got to send him to high school. What do high school kids do?" Well, they go to history class, and he's got to you know they they're obstinate to the teacher, so we'll get the teacher to say something really ridiculous. Like, yes. They also like to run for class president. Yes, they do. <laughs> and the black kids like to rap in the uh, in the corridor. Yeah. And uh, they also love to roller skate. They, the black guy, let's talk about, if this movie <laughs> took place in the 50s, they would be singing doo-wop in the court. <laughs> this movie is so racist. They don't know. There's a guy, his name is... His name is Clinton, actually, so it's not that racist because it's our president's name, but not at the time. <laughs> He's got, like, a posse of guys that all look like they're right out of uh, Public Enemy. One looks like Flavor Flav without the clock. They're very kid and play. And the rest are pretty kid and play, yeah. And he talks in that stereotypical black Yo, yo! Voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. Starts <laughs> everything with yo, yo! Do you think when he auditioned, because the guy's a good actor, he's been a lot of stuff, he's just like, <clears throat> my name is Daryl Smith, and I'll be auditioning for Clinton. And yo yo, what yo up, yo, what's man? up? Exactly. What is up, blood? <laughs> what's his hook? Whenever he leaves a room, he goes, "Yo, man, let's bust a move." It's like, oh. <laughs> a stupid walk. Yeah, and the the cousin, John Guy's teenage cousin, is like, 
That walk is so cool. I wish I, I, wish I could walk like that. No, just sh- shit your pants then, why don't you? It's the same kind of walk. I think Cryer kicks him in the knee. <laughs> Here, now fucking hobble. <laughs> now you look cool. It's just a, a, there's a, a lovely, like I said before, there's a skating, learn to skate montage in it because he goes on a date with a 17-year-old girl. Yeah, bury the lead. Yeah. <laughs> goes on and a that's date. fine. He meets a girl and goes on a date with her and they go to an ice skating rink, a uh, roller skating rink. No, a roller skating rink. And he, because he's so old at 30, he couldn't possibly roller skate. So there's a lot of falling over. Right. Oh, the hijinks that ensues. But no one goes, hang on a minute, you're a 30-year-old man, you shouldn't be going out with a 17-year-old girl. That is where the hygiene problem is. That's where they should have stopped everything. He goes to pick her up at her house. This is all a bad idea. And <laughs> he's, it, it's like to catch a predator. He's holding a, a bear and some balloons <laughs> and a four-bag of wine coolers. Hello. But then he goes, he talks to the dad yeah, of the... Because, oh, you've doing your tax form. Have you tried doing this? Oh, you've saved me $1,000. Here, have 50 bucks and take my daughter out. Do what you like with it. You save me some money. It was exactly... Basically what he says. It's exactly like uh, Tommy Wiseau, like the room. Because <laughs> I have my taxes. I will help you with your taxes. You've helped me with my taxes. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and then he goes to his computer, and it's the 80s, so it's that green screen you know, computer, and he just goes tipped up. Hey, basically, did you look at this? The screen is four inches big. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. Saved you a thousand dollars. Wow, you saved me a thousand dollars. Now you can bang my daughter, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know there was a problem. Now you can bang my daughter, Grandpa. Really? Is that one of the slogans available on Dave's House of T-shirts? <laughs> we will have that available. <laughs> I would see a comedian, and he walks on the stage, and he has a T-shirt with him, and he puts it behind him. He does his whole act, and at the end, he goes, all right. And he tells this really off-color joke about um, women and blowjobs, and uh, they put their hair in a ponytail. You can tell they're really good at it. And the audience is like, hey. He goes, and that's my T-shirt. And he holds up a T-shirt that says, I put my hair in a ponytail. (laughs) I'm selling them in the lobby. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Can you imagine going, honey, I'm going to get you one of these shirts. <laughs> What's wrong with people? I'm a whore. <laughs> whore. Yeah. All right, so Very you get that T-shirt, that Dave's House T-shirts. Uh, Dave's House T-shirts. The, be- the, the only house I will go to for my uh, film-based T-shirts. Yeah. My Amityville T-shirt. Sure. You know, my, I said my Sherman High T-shirt. There's where I get all my T-shirts from. Dave's House of Novelty T-shirts. I love Dave. Yeah, he's now, great. When the Black Eyes do rap in this film, they don't sound like black people rapping. They sound like white people trying to rap. Like, right? You know, whenever in the movies, white people rap, they sound like a bad, beastie boys, and they rap. Yo, like yo, yo. yo, yo. And then they always end with the arms crossed. <laughs> Word. Word. It, it was like your, your father <laughs> trying to rap and then teaching black guys. This is how we, this is how you people rap. <laughs> this is how it's done. Was, was written by the whitest pair of Jews ever, this film. All right, now you cross the line. It was. Have All a right. look. See, who I'm wrote it. Look. Have a look. What happens if they're not Jewish? 
You know, you're blatantly and, Jewish or you're in trouble. Their names better be Juju Steam. Great name. Juju Steam? Yeah. All right, let's see. Come on, hiding out. Let's go. Hiding out. That's the, that's the theme song. If you... <laughs> you didn't know that? Are you there? John Cryer. Who wrote it? Who wrote it? Writers are Joe Malowski. All right. It could just be Polish. Uh-huh. Or Jeff Rothberg. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Damn you, Jeff. right hiding out i'm thinking jeff was the one that wrote the rap i think so i think jeff's father wrote the rap <laughs> Dag, oh, enough already i can do this sugar now. damn you for cactus oh so yeah he's dating a teen he won't let her kiss her because he won't let her kiss him because uh no. he's 40 and uh even though he says he wanted to that's creepy you don't tell me yeah keep it to yourself that's creepy <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I didn't know. She doesn't know that he's an old guy yet. She can't no. tell where the references he's dropping. She's <laughs> only she's only attracted to him because she he stood up for her anti-Nixon paper. Oh, yeah, yeah. She took a bold anti-Nixon stance. Stance? <laughs> that anti-Stalin paper, too. Yeah, they protect her up. Not to compare the two, but I'm just saying they're both obvious. Jesus. And then they go roller skating. Yeah, that's, that's where it leads to. She, and then he, then she, he can't, he can't stay his cousins anymore because he, the heat's on. The heat's on, man. There's people, there's feds everywhere. So, um, so he's he hiding. just stays in the school. <laughs> he hides in the school every night, and it, then it becomes like pump up the volume, right? He's uh, there's like a weird montage of him learning to skate. Yeah. He's on the PA system, just talking. Being a rebel into the PAs. They're killing time. They're like, what do teenagers they are. do? They run for office. He's running for office. They roller skate. And they love pumping smoke, the he smokes, he smokes in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of smoking in this movie, which is weird. And and just when you think that um, that his time spent at the school, staying at the school overnight, couldn't get any weirder, he runs into an ex-boxing chap janitor who shares his hard liquor with him. It's not even, it's like moonshine. It's not even liquor. <laughs> He doesn't even go, you shouldn't be here. He goes, no, oh, come into my room and drink with me. Drink from this jar. There's nothing, yeah. wrong. There's nothing wrong here. It's been a long time. Touch it. Oh, no. Jeff, why are you writing this stuff? And he's also like a walking stereotype. Of, and I, I assumed in these movies that he would get shot. Because it's usually it's the, the black guy who gets killed first. Not but, here. So the guy lets him sleep there every night. He puts him to bed in one scene. Did you see that? Yeah. Touch it. Long time. I'm a lonely man, Jeff. Touch it. Have you ever danced with a black man in the, in the moonlight? Yeah, I got a pretty mouth. Uh, can you put the beard on so I can imagine it's something else? I think you're my ex-wife. Oh, no. So he... But in yeah, the training montage, he's also doing push-ups. I mean, sit-ups yeah. with a cigarette in his mouth. Oh, it's the uh, juxtaposition of irony. But why does he even need to do sit-ups? It's ridiculous. I don't, no, know. I don't know. That's not set-up either. Why he's like, oh, I gotta lose this gut. Keep smoking.
Hello, this is Mike Spiegelman of LuggageTuesdays.com presenting Superhero Obituaries. In memoriam, Galaxy Ghoul, age unknown, died Tuesday from complication of a comet. He is survived by two foster children and a space chimp. In memoriam, the brain teaser, 98, died Monday of suffocation after locking himself in his car. And finally, we mourn the death of Super Captain 7, age unknown, died this morning battling Ultimate Major Z on some planet. For more superhero obituaries, check out LuggageTuesdays.com. It, that's very. It, it, I think the problem with this film, and there's only one problem with this film, and it's got a very thin plot, very wafer thin, and so poor Jeff's had to push on all these other tiny subplots Please that really is. go nowhere. Oh, he, he goes to the diner, and he's really like just to show how John Cryer's just had a really awful day. He goes to the diner and he orders a coffee, extra black. Oh, well, after extra black. And a pack of Marlboros in a hard box. In a hard box, not just a regular yeah. box. And exactly. at the time, they only had Marlboros, you know, in a box. Who's the woman in the diner? I forgot her name. Joy Behar. She's a well-known comedian. That's really, I worked for her. She's super nice. You know how psyched she was when she got that part. They're like, <laughs> I don't know where the town's like. In, where is the town? Massachusetts somewhere? I don't know. In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. But there's one Jewish stereotype. She's Italian, of course. But there's one Jewish New Yorker, and she owns the diner. Joy. <laughs> Joy is a walk, walking Jewish stereotype, even though she's yeah. not Jewish. Well, you know, you don't have to be Jewish to uh, appreciate the finer points of it. Then he asks, where is the school bully who's mad at him and he wants to make up with him? And she goes, oh, he's in the back playing pool. So this mm -hmm. diner has a pool hole in the back. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Where else are the students going to hang out? Yeah, and... and yeah, randomly play pool. It's like a random exactly. game. Like, ah, oh, you go next. I don't know, you go next. Yeah. What am I, hitting a ball with this thing? Okay, hey. clunk. And the waitress just seems to know what's going on. She's like, ah, I hear the elections next week. Like, how do you know? You're a fucking <laughs> diner. What do you well, She probably listens to kids all the time. Oh, my God. Going in there with their soda. It's an innocent, it's an innocent time in this film. Because, you know, had it been real, real loves of kids that age, they'd all be drunk and throwing up and fingering women by the bins. Whoa. That's what they do in this country. Is that what they do in yours? No, not at all. That's <laughs> awful. No wonder, no wonder England threw you guys out. How dare you. Um, How dare you. And she's also dressed like she's in the 50s to kind of yes. get, get the idea that this is an outdated concept. <laughs> so one of the diners, the kids hang out at Soda Pop. Soda Fountain. <laughs> soda Pop. You know what I mean. Slow down there, granddad. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so the, the killer tracks him down by going to his grandmother's house, and then yep. while she's, um, you know, nice babbling and, away about stuff, she says, Oh, I call him Sunny Boy, or Honey Boy. And then he looks and sees a birthday card, and it's signed Honey Boy. So he knows way to give the way to give the game away, Grandma. I know. And then, and then next to it is the envelope. She doesn't throw away envelopes. 
with no. uh, the postmark where it's from. So now we know uh -huh. where to find. And he says to his partner, well, my instinct says he's in blah, blah, blah. Oh, your fucking instincts. That's where he mailed the letter from. <laughs> in the whole grandma thing is, is uh, glossed over. But they have a very touching meeting at the end where he's been put in the witness protection program and says that, you know, he can't he can't see her anymore. It's heart-wrenching. Oh, it's terrible. So she goes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I got to go. Matlock's on in a half hour. Your parents would be proud. Bye. Oh, yeah, your dead parents some, would be Have proud. some hard candy before you go. Don't bang any 17-year-olds. <laughs> Just kidding. You would never do that, right? <laughs> but he tells her, he, not the grandmother, but the 17-year-old, he tells her that he's 30, and she goes, oh, I see. She doesn't, he goes, oh, this, I've been living in this school because some people want to kill me. And she just goes, oh, right, interesting. That's good. She's not no, no. Oh well, I better stop hanging out with you. I might get killed. Or holy shit, I can't believe I kissed a thirty-year-old bloke. That's disgusting. <laughs> no. It was, it was. Oh yeah, okay. I'll, I'll help you out if you want. By the way, her non-reaction is the same reaction that Kristen uh, Stewart gave when she found her boyfriend was a vampire, <laughs> and her other boyfriend was a werewolf. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. You're oh. a vampire and you're a werewolf. Okay. <laughs> So, gotta give her a little credit. Uh, wow, that's like totally interesting. That is really and then nothing. Nothing. No. Yeah, so she doesn't rat on him. She doesn't go to the FBI saying, uh, "There's a creepy dude trying to touch me." And uh, you may uh, uh, like to honk their horns outside your apartment, don't they? Yeah, there's like one car goes by, but whenever he does, like the honk is freaking. Who is, does anyone have a car in my neighborhood? They all get picked up. <laughs> be, a, be a gentleman. Call her. Go to the door. Beep. Class, classy neighborhood. I know, I live in a good neighborhood. Let's take a break. Hello, this is Mike Spiegelman of LuggageTuesdays.com with the correction of the previous bit, Superhero Obituary. In the previous bit, Superhero Obituaries, we mistakenly reported the demise of Super Captain Seven at the hands of his adversary, Ultimate Major Z. Eyewitnesses have confirmed it wasn't Captain after all, but instead his Eccentro Galaxy Alternative Universe doppelganger, Nevis Nevitpek Ripis. We sincerely apologize to the Captain's cyber family and cyber friends. For more funny things, check out LuggageTuesdays.com. Okay, we're back. All right. <laughs> I enjoyed that break. Sure, it was good. Now, they, they have a, an assembly at the end where they can see who the winner of the class president is, either the bully yes. or John Cryer. And now, the bully is in the pocket of the Republican... Uh, teacher, right, which is who says to him, "Don't worry, don't worry about the thing, because I'm in charge of the voting." Is what she says, like that. Like that. <laughs> that like annoying. That. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. So they, he goes, "Oh, I hope I don't John cries. I hope I don't win, because then it'll give me away, which makes no sense because yeah. he's already on stage and <laughs> in front of the whole assembly." And then so the other guy wins, and he says, "Oh, I shouldn't really win. Should go to John Cryer." Yeah. Meanwhile, there's a sniper up in the in the balcony. 
Yes. There's always a sniper on the balcony. Yeah, it was like Nigerian candidate. <laughs> I thought you said Nigerian candidate. <laughs> You're racist. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it tries to shoot him. So, <laughs> basically. Yeah. No, well, then, then who saves him? The, well, the black guy who wanted to touch his penis. <laughs> the, the janitor. Yeah. you got to be more specific. <laughs> it's because he was... <laughs> There's a whole side story in this film. <laughs> because he was so frustrated at John Cryer's neglect of his cock and balls that he just punched out a guy in a balcony. He will not even touch it! Bang. Knocked him out. They have to establish that he's a boxer before establishing yes. that he can beat up a bad guy. Yes. Because like, you see him doing some boxing move that a bell rings, there's a guy in the corner yelling at him. That clunky plot device that... It's the same thing that actors use. It's the narrative version of actors who can't act, who say the emotion that they're doing. I'm so happy. <laughs> That's great. I'm sad. I'm crazy. When you hear, hear an actor say that, it's because they're not good enough at acting to be able to convey that emotion. <laughs> and this is the plot version of that. I used to be a boxer. I used to be a boxer, so now I can box you. Oh, I, uh, I'm, I, I'm an intellectual. Oh, now I'm going to intellectually help you with this thing. I hate Nixon too, so now I'm on your side. I was recording the whole thing. <laughs> I'm a Nixon fan. So the, the guy gets knocked out. The other hitman <laughs> turns to leave, and then all the uh, this is another racist one. All the, the like five black kids the in black the school kids. show up, and he goes, "Whoa, like really? You scared five black teenagers from the suburbs?" <laughs> You're You've got man. a gun. <laughs> I love it. Whoa. Really? Racist? He pulls the same face that Dan Aykroyd pulls in Ghostbusters when he comes running out of the New York Public Library. <laughs> hey. You're in high school. You might run into teenagers. It could have. But what is the other thing, Adam, that is interesting about this last remaining... There's only two hitmen. Right. This last remaining hitman. What is the interesting thing about him? Go ahead. He's afraid of heights. <laughs> <laughs> and that is his downfall. Literally, that is his downfall. Yeah, he goes, what are you, afraid of heights? He's like, He's afraid of heights and teenage black kids. He's totally in the wrong place. You should not be in a balcony of a high school. Those are the two things you hate. And then he's climbing up a ladder to the skylight. Yeah, so John Cryer's getting cocky now, and he's, like, yelling out phrases to him like he's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he goes, you know what Freud says to guys who play with guns? <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Yeah. yeah, you shouldn't be a hitman if you're frightened of heights! Yeah. Burn, burn! Burn! You got him, you got him John Cryer. You totally nailed him. He starts crying. You're right. I should <laughs> never have been a hitman. Oh, Charlie... Help me. Uh, you know what Freud says to a guy with guns? Give him the money. <laughs> what the fuck? Are you saying I have a small penis? Is that what you're trying to say? I'm about to kill you and you're going to insult my penis. Also another phrase available at Dave's House of T-shirts. <laughs> well, I'm going to kill you and you're going to insult my penis. Whoa, 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 whoa. That is out of line. Everyone, everyone even the teenagers, is like, whoa, come on, man. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do a lot of as well. And it's that quality too. It's not <laughs> That's the quality of it. That's what Jeff wrote. Jeff. Well, you want to see what else Jeff wrote? 
He probably wrote Yentl. All right. Thanks, Jeff. He loses friggin' bet. Every Jeff. single Woody Allen film Jeff was part of. Known as the most Jewish guy in the world. Dude, Jeff uh, didn't do anything Look from... Wow. From 2001 to 2011. He was keeping his... Uh, he's spending his hiding out money. Oh, blimey. Look at that. What's, all right, so he did, just so people know. Next was the... Uh, hiding out was his first movie. No shit. Amazing Panda Adventure 2. Sim uh, Bogus, which I don't know what that is. A Simple Wish is in the third one, and then the whole shebang. Hello, and then the app, and then ten years later, he just finished a movie called The Applicant. I, I, I can't wait for that movie. I bet that movie is of high quality. Oh, Bogus had Whoopi Goldberg and Gerard Piano Plane as Jeopardy. Now, have you seen the uh, plot for The Applicant? No, is there one? A high school senior seduces an unwitting Ivy League school's director of admissions and threatens to wreak havoc on his otherwise perfect life unless she's admitted to the school. He's gone back to his roots, motherfucker. He's doing another sort of school-based movie. Creepy. Come on, Jeff. Come on, Jeff. Switch it up. It's not good for the Jews. No, he's definitely not. He's not. But hiding out. All right, Nico, i got to leave the house. All right, then. So... John Cryer Hiding Out, great movie. Is that you recommend it? <laughs> yes! Yes, I do! And uh, is there a moral to this film? Uh, don't wear a fake beard, people will shoot you in the face. There you go. This is uh, Prowler Resents, ProwlerResents.com. <laughs> go to at Prowler Resents or at Nico, what is it? DVW? <laughs> BDW. BDW. Yeah, Nico. like Vanderweel. Or oh, at Dave. Dave's House of T-Shirts. <laughs> no, go to our website to find out how to reach Dave's House of T-Shirts. You could totally do an advert for Dave's House of T-Shirts. I thought we did. Like a, like a, pro no, a proper one. Oh, With, yeah. like, music and <laughs> shit like that. You know it's not really called Dave's House of T-Shirts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you don't even know what it is supposed to be. You haven't mentioned what it actually is called. Well, that's because I want people to go to my website instead of going to their website. <sighs> You're so manipulative Hold on and second. divisive. Adam, that, that, we're, we're out of time for this interview. <laughs>